It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. With the 13th pick of the 2023 NBA draft, the Toronto Raptors selected the shooting guard out of Kansas, Grady Dick. Locked On's NBA draft coverage is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA and they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off, we promise you. Let's bring in our host of Locked On Raptors, Sean Woodley. So looking at the player who hits 40% from deep and isn't afraid to crash the glass, what was your thought about the Raptors selecting Grady? Honestly, I didn't think Grady Dick was going to be there for the Raptors at 13, so I hadn't really given a whole lot of consideration to him being the guy. But honestly, it's kind of a shocker because the Raptors just never take guys who can shoot. Their whole thing is everyone on the team is six foot nine and can't shoot. We'll maybe teach them one day, but that has not happened in most cases. And so obviously they desperately needed this injection of shooting. You know, they had Gary Trent Jr. opt into his contract uh, a couple days ago, which was good because he was one of maybe three reliable three point shooters actually on the team. Uh, and Fred Van Vliet, of course, is a pending UFA. I think the Raptors are going to want to try to keep him. But if he does walk, at least there is some shooting coming in in the form of, day of Grady Dick. And yeah, I, I think in particular, when you think about the way he might fit with Scotty Barnes, this pick makes tons of sense. Scotty has struggles with shooting right now. That's his one big sort of drawback as a player, but he's a wonderful passer. And I really feel like there's going to be some beautiful dribble handoff action between Grady Dick and Scotty Barnes once he gets to Toronto. And you love it because this is a, a Raptors team that's not that far removed from an NBA championship, so to speak. But then again, it's kind of been in the middle of the road, kind of in the middle of the pack in the East just these last couple of seasons. And like you said, primarily because you have teams in the East that are looking for those two-way players and also those players, particularly front court, but even backcourt players as well who have their game up, especially from the perimeter. So when you think about all of these kind of chestnut checkers moves that some of the teams have made in the East these past couple of, I don't know, maybe 24 hours, how does this selection of Grady maybe help the Raptors to contend in a conference that's already started to upgrade with these blockbuster trades. Yeah, look, I don't think you're asking Grady Dick to come in next year and help the Raptors, you know, in a way more than you'd expect a typical rookie to, right? He's a 13th overall pick. You can't expect he's going to walk in and play 25 minutes and be incredible for you, but he's going to give them more spacing. He's going to give them more lineup variability. That's a big thing the Raptors struggled with last year. It's not that they didn't have any shooting on the team. It's that with everyone being the same size, they kind of had exactly one way to play until they brought Jakob Pertl in, and then they were able to play two different ways. And so... Having Grady Dick in there, you're going to be able to sort of go big, go small, have Dick in there to offer spacing either at the two, at the three, maybe even at the four, considering the size he brings. There's going to be some versatility there. When it comes to the overall big picture, I don't think Grady Dick figures into what the big picture plans of this team are as far as big moves this offseason. He's a smart pick that addresses a need, but obviously there's the Fred Van Vliet question. There's the are they going to trade Pascal Siakam question, extensions for, for big important players 
players as well. I know a lot of Raptors fans aren't thrilled about the idea of the Raptors running it back, as it were. But as it stands right now, it feels like that's what's most likely. And frankly, I think adding Grady Dick to the mix, if you are going to run this team back, you have to go into next season with more shooting than this team had last year. Grady Dick addresses that problem, no no doubt. Now, you speak of him as being maybe not necessarily a long-term solution and maybe more of a developmental player, which I'll tell you, the way that the NBA is going, it's so win now, win now. So it's kind of interesting or somewhat good to see a team that's saying, hey, we might be willing to go with a player that needs development. Where do you see maybe the opportunity is for him the most and maybe the upside of Grady Dick for the Raptors? Yeah, I mean, frankly, I think he'll still get minutes next season. I'm not, it's not to say that he's not going to get run. I would assume he's going to play off the bench, a bench that last year was just desperately needed of any kind of spacing whatsoever. I think the big thing here for Grady Dick is his defense, right? Like, that's the one thing about his profile that doesn't exactly scream, oh, this is a really exciting lottery pick. Uh, but, you know, he's also a smart player. He's six foot eight. Just being tall has its value on defense. And I think, you know, that there are going to be ways for the Raptors to. To work around his defensive deficiencies because they have very good defensive players on the team elsewhere, including OG Ananobi, who was an all-defense player this season, made the second team, and that Jakob Pertle is an incredible rim protector. So there's guys going to be out there who can insulate Grady Dick. Um, he's not going to be out there on an island guarding the best wing on the other team or anything like that, so they can bring the defense along while taking advantage of that spacing and shooting he's going to offer because literally anyone, anyone with any sort of three-point stroke on this team is a well site after being I think they were the 28th ranked team in both makes and percentage last season just not good enough and Grady Dick helps he's not going to fix all those shooting problems on his own but he certainly helps get those problems a little bit more under control now the Raptors don't necessarily have draft capital to work with but that doesn't mean that they won't be players in free agency which we all know is it actually started about 24 hours ago really where you start you saw the big splash for the east right and you already know it's going to be a game of chestnut checkers all the way through to free agency. So what do you feel is maybe an opportunity, especially when you look at this pick of Grady Dick relative to what the needs are for the Raptors? Where do you kind of see them going in free agency? Uh, you know, free agency is going to be tough. I think their biggest priority is keeping their two pending UFAs, right? They don't really have the money or the flexibility to go sign somebody with, with a big you know offer or anything like that. There's no cap space to work with. This is a team that's going to have some financial trouble. And there's going to be a bit of a squeeze next summer when new extensions come in, in theory, for Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi, among a couple other players. The thing is, is will those guys be on the team next year? A, you know, will they keep Fred Van Vliet and Jakob Pertl? That's a big question. I think they are incentivized to keep both those guys, and I would guess that they will remain in Toronto, uh, but it's anybody's guess right now, a week out from free agency. But the bigger thing is Pascal Siakam, who like I don't think the Raptors need to trade Pascal Siakam. He's a two-time All-NBA player. People seem to really kind of underrate that he's a really fantastic basketball player, and reports were today from Chris Haynes that he actually wants to be in Toronto and wouldn't resign with any team that he gets traded to necessarily. And I kind of think actually now that the draft or the, the top of the draft is behind us, that the possibility for Pascal to get traded has gone down big time. I thought if he was going to get moved, it was for the Blazers third overall pick in Scoot Henderson. That was the pivot move where you could say, hey, this is the time. Pascal Siakam, you go pairing with Damian Lillard. He's probably the best teammate Dame's ever had, if not the second best to LaMarcus Aldridge back in the day. And then you get Scoot Henderson. You build a Scotty and Scoot pair, which the NBA is missing out on some real marketing opportunities, not having Scotty and Scoot be a duo they can put on magazine covers. <laughs> but 
I digress. Either way, I think the Pascal thing is probably maybe, you know, things can always happen. Things get weird. The offseason gets crazy. But I do think it's far more likely now that he has not been traded for Scoot Henderson that Pascal remains on the team. And so it does kind of seem like the Raptors are headed towards running it back right now. And again, there's going to be a lot of Raptors fans not so pleased with that. But this is a team... They won 48 games a couple years ago, kind of by surprise. They gave the Sixers, despite going down 0-3, gave them a pretty real scare in six games. And this past season, it was a disaster. It was a total mess. But they fired Nick Nurse, who I don't think was cut out to coach a team that's not competing for a championship. They bring in Darko Ryakovich, whose whole thing is development, culture, team building, playing for one another. And I do think there's a real case to make that you bring in a guy like Grady Dick, maybe you find some more shooting and free agency on the mid-level exception, bring in the roster you had last year that everybody expected to be much better than a 41 win team and the Raptors could probably go and be a pretty good team next season and compete for a top six spot in the Eastern Conference which would be that step forward that we all thought was coming this year just on a one-year delay yeah, and I would agree with you on that. I have seen the Raptors in action, and certainly I think there were a lot of teams that were kind of middling in the East where there was an expectation that they might move into the top six, and then they kind of ended up in that bottom four in terms of the playing round, and I feel like the Raptors could definitely be that team who, with this new coach and kind of a reset, if you will, especially if they're able to retain some of that top talent in a Fred Van Vliet and even a Pascal Siakam. Like you said, now that we're on the other side, the bottom side of this uh, round one of the draft, you kind of figured that all of those kind of shocking or chestnut checker type moves have been made. So it'll be kind of interesting to see what the Raptors do from here in free agency or if they've actually made their biggest splash in bringing in Grady Dick and now it's time to develop these guys and maybe look to put the Raptors in position to maybe make another run, if not this season, maybe in seasons to come. So for more on the Raptors, make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Raptors podcast wherever you get your podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Thanks so much, Sean. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.